Hello, friends. Welcome to Success for Whole Ass Humans. I'm your host, Shari Bellucci, success strategist and well being coach for entrepreneurs, creatives, artists, activists, and thought leaders. I'll be your guide as well as your companion along the journey to cultivating a life grounded in your version of success while navigating the ups and downs that come with living a life as a whole ass human. We're often all going through such similar experiences and yet we still feel isolated in them. I've created this space because I know that there's power in having our experiences normalized and how deeply transformative it is to know that you are not alone. If you're going through an experience that's challenging or complex in your life or business and your brain has hit a wall, I want this to be the space that helps you open up that dialogue and conversation with yourself so you can explore and look at things in a way that ultimately helps you feel better and lighter. Like all of my content, my intention is not to present a one-size-fits-all solution, but to offer you possibilities to help you move through the stuckness so you can truly embrace your identity as someone who gets to create wild success, whatever that means for you, while being a whole-ass human. Let's dive into today's episode. Excited for today's masterclass on business boundaries because we are going to be diving in to this concept that I think can be a little rigid, but I think is so essential to building a sustainable business that actually like feels good on the inside too. And so we're going to be talking about how boundaries in business can set you up for happier clients, right? Because I think there's definitely a push and pull that we can feel when we're setting boundaries that it's actually going to be hard for our clients to respect our boundaries for our clients to be okay with our boundaries, right? We might have even had experiences where our clients were not okay with our boundaries. And so really seeing boundaries as something that can be connected with happier clients, I think is a really important piece of this puzzle. Um, The other part is also just like your own piece, right? Part of protecting your own peace and having a joyful and peaceful experience in your business is having boundaries that can set you up for this. And so I'm so excited to chat with y'all and kind of host a masterclass format where it's really going to be focused on me teaching you specific concepts. I'm going to break the concepts down and walk you through a couple of frameworks that you can use in order to set these and what that actually looks like practically. I am so excited to be diving deeply into boundaries because this is the number one thing so many of my clients share is like an unexpected consequence of working together is they say like the way that I model boundaries is really helpful for them and being able to like set boundaries with their own clients, right? And really like get to experience through transmission what that's like. And I think that makes so much sense because boundaries can be a really intellectual concept. So if you're here and and you don't feel like boundaries is necessarily your issue or you feel like you actually have done a lot of work around boundaries and you feel like you have a good grasp on boundaries, I think this is going to be a really helpful lie for you as well because so much of boundaries work is almost like the embodiment of it. It's the practicing of it. But today I want to talk about first just like context around boundaries um, because I think one of the things that can come up when we hear the word boundaries is it sounds really rigid. And definitely if you have experience um, really struggling with holding boundaries, if you haven't felt confident 
vocalizing your needs or even expressing your needs or if you have tried to express your needs before and you haven't been met well with any kind of supportive reaction the work boundaries can feel really fucking intense and so i think it's really helpful to think about boundaries and even like replace the word if you need to but really think of boundaries as something that is a container that supports your well-being and so if you think about boundaries as something that supports your well-being, right, then it can be something that is a little bit less charged, right? It's less about like, let me keep you out and let me be super rigid about it. And it's more about like, let me keep my well-being in and let me support your well-being by holding my own well-being really like sacredly as well. And so I think it's really helpful if we can kind of come at boundaries from that and also see that boundaries is something that... Um, is not stagnant right boundaries are something that we can set and revisit they're almost like if you think about like a, a living document a working document versus like a finalized draft right i think that's a really beautiful way to think about boundaries so you might have boundaries that like kind of exist for most of your life and you might have boundaries for a season that you need in order to protect your well-being when you're going through i don't know if you're going through a period of health issues if you're going through a season of parenthood if you're going through like a really tough season of work right like whatever you have going on that maybe means that you have to hold different boundaries during that season I think it's really helpful to think that like boundaries aren't something that you have to get perfectly or get right you can set a boundary see if it works for you if it doesn't you get to tweak that and so I think that can also take some of the pressure off of like setting the perfect boundary so um, just some permission there to like know that boundary is something designed to uphold your well-being and uphold the well-being of others in your life too. I think when we struggle with boundaries, sometimes we think about like people who can't say no or we think about um, people who um, take on too much. We think about people who are pushovers, right? Those are like the typical things we think about when we think about people who are bound, bad at boundaries. But struggling with boundaries can also mean that you're stretching your own limits really often. So it can look like things like caretaking when someone's having a really hard time. Are you offering help from a place of like panic of like overstretching your own capacity and trying to support someone else? Are you... Um, you know, maybe like struggling with boundaries can look like feeling really um, frantic and urgent around checking your notifications, around checking your email for a response, feeling like you have to respond immediately. Struggling with boundaries can mean that like even when you have logged off of work, your brain is still chewing on the things that you have to do at work, right? So like struggling with boundaries can look like a lot of different things. It can look like responding at all hours of the day, but it can also look like not responding and then thinking and chewing and feeling guilty about the rest that you're taking or being offline, right? And so struggling with boundaries really can look like so many different things and it can show up at different levels, right? So it might look like at the beginning when you're first working with boundaries, it might feel like you have so much fucking work to do around boundaries. And as you get more practice at it, it might become more nuanced. You might find that there's new flavors of setting boundaries that feel edgy for you. And so you'll have to kind of like play and notice what those edges are. And the framework that I'm gonna walk y'all through today 
is going to help whether you're kind of newer to boundary setting or whether you're more practiced and want to apply these to more, I don't want to use the word advanced, but like more nuanced versions of, of boundary setting. And so I'm really excited for us to dig into the content here. The last thing I want to say before we move on, I think that's really important when we're looking at the context of creating success on our terms, right? Is remembering that like, as the owner of your business, right? As your own CEO, you're the one who's primarily in charge of setting boundaries, right? I think when most of us are, have worked for other people, um, if we've been, you know, employed by a corporate or, you know, in my case, like nonprofit, right? If you're in a more traditional role, a lot of the work culture is set outside of you, right? You can set your own internal, um, you know, dynamic with your work, but like a lot of that is set by the leadership of the organization, of the company, and it's kind of trickled down and built into the ethos. As the CEO of your own company, even if you are one person and a solopreneur at this point, right, you are actually the one dictating that culture. And there's a quote that I really love, and I actually have no idea where it's from, but it it just says like, don't be a shitty boss to yourself, right? And so I think this can be a really helpful reminder that like, through boundaries, we're actually setting the tone for what we want to be true about the work culture that we're creating, right? And that starts with us. And so if we, as we hire a team, right, we also want to reflect that back to our team, right? Because we don't want to be responsible for someone feeling really crappy because we've created a toxic work culture. I think it's really helpful to think about like, how can you live this out and embody this as one person in your business first before you bring on other people? And so just remembering that like part of your leadership energy that you get to bring to your business is setting the boundaries that feel good because no one else is going to freaking set them for you. So if you set up a really, you know, bad work conditions for yourself, like there's no one who's going to come in and be like, oh, this isn't working well, is it? Like, let's make some tweaks. Like you're that person who has to both like be implementing it and be looking down from like a strategic standpoint and a bird's eye view and go oh what's not working here what needs to be changed and so just a reminder there that like you know if this feels hard or new or edgy like maybe you've never had to do this before because a lot of it has been done externally outside of you but when you come into entrepreneurship right you're the one who's going to actually have to spend the time thinking about this and deciding what you want to be true about how you do your work And so this is a really good opportunity to visit that if you haven't spent any time intentionally crafting what you want your work culture to be, like let this be an intentional thing that you maybe set aside some time for. Obviously, like maybe you weren't even like planning to watch this live stream and immediately implement, like bookmark it, add some time onto your calendar and be like, you know what, I'm going to digest this live stream content and I'm going to just spend an hour like thinking about the boundaries that I want to set for my own work culture in my business, because I think that can be so valuable and that can trickle on as you expand to more and more team members, right? As you iterate through different levels of your business, like all of this can expand with you from a really solid foundation of well-being. So when I'm teaching on boundaries, I like to break it up into like two kind of overarching categories. So on the one hand, there's like external or physical boundaries. And then on the other hand, there's internal or what I like to call energetic boundaries. 
And I think these two categories are really helpful because they really work in tandem to support each other, right? If we think about business and like yin yang, masculine, feminine energy, structure and flow, right? It's very much similar and a parallel to that. So I think the core and the most important part are these internal and energetic boundaries, right? That's the core of what we're trying to protect when we think about like, what are we trying to uphold? It's your well-being. It's your own internal world. It's the energetic, the energy that you feel towards your business. That is kind of the core, but it requires the physical, the external boundaries in order to support that. Does that make sense? So having the right physical boundaries really makes create uh, holding space and upholding the energetic boundaries possible and also sustainable, right? Because otherwise you end up having to reinvent the wheel every single time you want to uphold a boundary. And ain't nobody got time for all that decision fatigue, right? So having a physical boundary that can really like hold the system, the repeatable, the external element of that boundary is going to be wildly game changing in terms of making holding boundaries sustainable in your business. So external physical boundaries can be things like, you know, specific response times, communication channels for your clients versus your team. It can be like set work hours. It can be um, scope of work, what you do work on, what you don't work on in terms of like what you support clients with, right? It can be um, like set amounts of time that you spend on social, right? Those are all of the things that would fall under like physical external boundaries. On the other hand, internal energetic boundaries, right? Those are the things of like um, almost like turning off mentally when you're logged off of work so you could be present with your family and your loved ones. It might look like, um, you know, detaching from client results so that you aren't over caretaking for your clients and spending a lot of time like worried about them and you know, reacting and trying to respond from urgency. It might look like, um, let's think about this, um, overthinking your content and like spending a lot of time mental looping over whether you've done enough, whether your content is enough, like all of those kinds of things, right? So that's kind of just an idea to show that contrast of physical and energetic boundaries here. So, if y'all have any questions, again, feel free to drop them down below. And if there's like a certain type of like boundary that you're desiring to create in your business, feel free to share that with us in the comments. If you're watching the replay, like just let me know kind of like what is the thing that you'd really love to create a boundary around or like an intention or goal you have for setting boundaries. And we can kind of like talk through, you know, ways to make that happen. But that's kind of like, the broad strokes version of how I think about those boundaries. And then obviously there's a million little things within that of how the kinds of boundaries that you can set and need in business. I actually don't want to spend a ton of time talking about which of those boundaries are, are most useful because I think I have enough other content about that and I'm happy to do another live stream if we need to. But I really want to talk about like how you can even come up with your boundaries, how you communicate them, how you hold them, like almost like the practical steps to doing boundaries in life and business, okay? Because I don't think enough people talk about that. I think we talk about like what are some of those boundaries 
And if it's helpful to share, um, like the most, um, you know, the most valuable boundaries that I set in my business, I'm happy to share that as well. Um, if we have some time at the end, but I really want to focus on like the how of boundaries work, because I think that's the part that can be missing is we have all these ideas and we're like, oh, that would be great if I had set work hours. It would be great if I could have this response time or it would be great if I could unplug from <laughs> from work when I'm like not physically there. But like, it's almost like, how do I do that when I'm starting from zero? And that's what I want to really focus on today in this masterclass is really like walking you through those steps. Mm. This is so good. Okay. So let's talk about how we determine boundaries. So if you feel like you're kind of newer to boundaries or if you're kind of at a boundaries edge where you feel like you have really great boundaries, but you kind of have this inkling of something's not working, there's an energy leak that you really want to plug. I think a really great way to determine your boundaries is this exercise that I learned from another coach and friend of mine in the space, Lacey Seitz, is where she really recommends um, writing yourself a job description in your business. And I really like this because it really helps you get clear on what you want to be responsible for. And there's obviously a hundred variations of this exercise out there, right? But um, one variation that I have my clients do that could be helpful here as well is even just to make a list of like, what are the things that you want to be responsible for in your business? What are the things you want your clients to be responsible for? And what are the things that are basically up to no one that you're surrendering or releasing to the flow of life, to the universe, to God, right? And so whether you want to like choose writing yourself a job description or you almost want to do this three category of like, what am I taking responsibility for? What do I expect my clients to take responsibility for? And what's like no one's responsibility? Either of those tools would work really well here, but you want to get clear on like, what is your role as the service provider in your business? Or alternatively, if you um, if you have a different, like a digital product-based business or something like that, that's not really like you're the one delivering the service to your client, you can think about like, okay, what's my role as a CEO or leader here? What do I want to be true about the things that I'm responsible for in the business? What are the things that I expect, you know, my audience to hold or my client to hold, right? And what are the things that are just like not part of this equation? So you can get really clear on what you actually want to take responsibility for. And as you do this exercise, I suspect that some things will come up where you notice, especially if you do the like three column one, you might notice some things where you're taking responsibility for things that either are your client's responsibility or that are no one's responsibility, where you might be like trying to over caretake or overstretch yourself in order to control something that's actually not controllable. And so those are the things that will really point us towards what are gonna be really useful areas for us to focus on boundary building for you. So I think that's a really useful exercise if you're struggling with determining your boundaries. That's where I would recommend starting. And then the second step, once you've kind of identified what those boundaries are for you, so maybe you realize that um, you are carrying your clients' results with you after hours, right? And you're like 
because of that, you are constantly responding to messages, even with like way beyond your response time. Maybe you say I respond within 24 hours, but like the instant someone pings you, you hop on your phone, you respond frantically. And it's really like, it's really fucking up with your sense of boundaries and well-being because you're responding from the car when you're out running errands, like all sorts of things, right? Let's use that as an example. So if you have that, you might from there be like, okay, I see where the problem is. What do I want my boundary around that to be? You might decide that you want your boundary to be, you know, 24 hour response time, right? Which is what it is, but you want to be able to let yourself hold that, that boundary, right? So you want your boundary to be, you know, I don't respond from my phone. I only respond when I log into work from my computer, 24 hour response time. That's the boundary. Beautiful. You've determined what you want your boundary to be. So step one is if you don't know what you want your boundary to be, do the job description or the three column exercise about who's responsible, who wants to take responsibility for what. And then step two is determine what you want your boundary to be. Okay. So we need that clarity in order to be able to hold them really well. Step two is communicating that boundary. And this is I think the part that like trips most people up that feels really hard. I'll walk you through some things that I think are really helpful if you are a service provider and working with clients in terms of how you can communicate these boundaries with clients and then also how you can like communicate some of those internal boundaries with yourself. So in terms of let's say you've decided that you have a boundary 24 hour response time you only want to respond when you're at your computer, which you maybe check like, let's say you check your email twice a day and you wanna be able to like feel like that's it, not be checking your phone a million other places, right? That's the boundary you're desiring to hold. So in terms of communicating that out to clients, there's multiple opportunities to do this in a way that allows it to feel good for both you and your clients. If this feels edgy, I really invite you to think back to what we talked about at the top of this live stream where your clients want you to have good boundaries. I know that can feel untrue, but like if you even think about yourself and you hiring someone, like how much safety does it create for you when you know that someone can take care of their boundaries because then you don't have to take care of their boundaries for them. You also don't have to worry about upsetting them about crossing boundaries as much because you trust them to hold those boundaries. The flip side of that is you also have a lot of safety in working with that person because you know what to expect. And this is like, I have had so many clients reflect this, that like knowing what my boundaries are is so helpful because it gives them permission to lean in fully and know like what my boundaries are instead of like having to do that mental guesswork and gymnastics themselves, right? And so it can create a lot of safety for the people on the other end when you are very explicit with your boundaries because it lets them know where they can fully lean in and they know what to expect without feeling like they're the crazy ones, right? And so I think that's just a really helpful thing to know and validate as you move through into this phase of communicating your boundaries is people want you to set really good boundaries because not only does it work well for you, but it also works really well for them on multiple fronts. So. The first place that I think you can communicate boundaries outwardly, right? When we're thinking about how can I communicate this with my clients and audience, your marketing 
is the first stop point that I think is really helpful to be communicating your boundaries, right? So making sure that your front-facing content, whether that's on Instagram, right? Whether you use Facebook, Facebook groups, um, podcasts, email, wherever you are marketing, right? Whatever platforms you that you use for your front-end marketing to drive traffic, to have people book a call with you or send in an application, right? Those are the places that you want to be like pointing to your boundaries, right? So you might be like, you might have heard that I have a 24 hour response time and all of my clients get taken care of so well because because I have this 24 hour response time. This means that you get thoughtful responses. You don't get frantic half thought out responses and like 10 messages in a row because I sit down, thoughtfully carve out time and respond to you, right? You almost have to teach people why these boundaries actually really serve them sometimes. Or you can lightly mention it, right? You can mention like on your service page, right? Like, um, let, let's say um, like ongoing support via email. I have a 24 hour response time, right? Just like really teaching people that you think about boundaries so that they know what kind of a situation they're coming into, I think is really powerful. So your marketing content is definitely a place where you can start weaving in those threads of of boundaries in the way that you set boundaries in your container from the lens of like, this is why you wanna work with me. You wanna work with me because here are some of the boundaries I have and here's how they actually ultimately help us do better work together. Does that make sense? So really positioning your boundary from the from the standpoint of like, this is my boundary and here's why it's valuable for you to also like, to know that I have this boundary. And then the second part that I think is actually one of the absolute most important places to hold boundaries is in your sales process, right? So this would be if you have like a discovery call process, right? If you have an application process, depending on what that looks like in your business, setting those boundaries during the sales process is going to save you the most headache if you do it here, okay? But if you don't, we'll talk through like how you can kind of recalibrate. If you haven't been doing this in your sales process and you have someone that you're working with right now where you feel like you need to set boundaries, like we can absolutely do that. But I think if you can master setting boundaries really well in your sales process, this will serve you um, really well long-term when you're working with a client. So some places to communicate your boundaries is in the initial booking. So on the booking page where people book that call or submit that application, right? Letting them know what they can expect in terms of communication back from you. I think we forget that when people book calls with us or submit applications, it's actually very vulnerable and we have no idea what to expect. So letting people know when they'll hear from you, letting people know what you're looking for, what the call is for letting people know like where to show up, right? All of those things I think are really micro opportunities to show people where your boundaries are and what they can expect from you. So that you, let's say going back to that um, initial point we made about like, okay, you're desiring a 24 hour response time. You can say, thank you so much for submitting your call. And I have a 24 hour response time. You'll hear from me by 24 hours with the next steps for whatever. And do you see how much safety that creates? Sorry, y'all, my husband is like dying in the bathroom. Um, he's like, I don't know if you just heard him coughing, but it was a really loud cough and I'm so sorry. <laughs> this is whole ass humaning in real time. Um, and so, oh, let me regain my focus. 
Um, okay, yes. So with that 24 hour response time, it's really useful to be able to like set that in the sales process, especially if you are like working off of social media and people, anyone off the internet can book a call with you. It's really helpful to set that container initially in your sales process. Then when you're on the discovery call, another brilliant opportunity to set boundaries, okay? So like starting the top of the call with some leadership and going through what they can expect from the call, ending the call with letting them know what they can expect. And then if you deviate from that, you know, following up with them and letting them know what they can expect. It sounds really basic and it sounds like overkill, but this stuff is the things that create so much safety in your process so that people know what they can expect from you they also get a really clear idea of what the boundaries are so they can fully um, they can fully utilize the space that you create because they know you set really good boundaries. Does that make sense? The other part of communicating boundaries, and this is what's probably going to be the medias, is like onboarding. Okay. When you're onboarding a new client, this is the best place for you to recalibrate any lack of boundary setting in your sales process. This is also the place that is gonna support you most in doing the work that you want in a way that feels good. So again, if we go back to the initial desire to like have a 24 hour response time and to stop checking you know, uh, messages from your phone or feel like you have to react and things like that, right? This is the perfect opportunity to do that is in your onboarding call or your first strategy call or whatever your package looks like. If you have some sort of initial call, all you need to do is spend like five to 10 minutes going like, I'd love to go over ways that we can fully support each other in this container. I wanna share how I typically work with clients, what you can expect and go from there. And this is where you can lay out like, Hey, I, I guarantee a 24 hour response time. I typically a lot time once a day for each client. So I probably won't get to your message, you know, within the same hour that you send it, but you can always trust that you'll hear from me within 24 hours, right? Do you see how like setting that expectation immediately eliminates the question of like, why haven't I heard from you? Why haven't I heard from you? Because the, the truth is so many of us have been in different containers, have worked with different humans, are coming from different corporate backgrounds, job backgrounds, right? So like everyone's coming in with different expectations. I might think that like responding within two days is really acceptable. Someone else might think that like if you take longer than two hours, that is not acceptable. And I know that sounds kind of wild for some of us, but like, the truth truth is that everyone really does have wildly different expectations. And so the easiest way to reduce anxiety and like build that trust and not put that trust at risk with your clients is to just let them know that and give them a chance to react, right? So for instance, like I typically have like a 48 to 72 hour response time in with my clients in Boxer right? That's kind of on the longer side compared to many coaches. And so I often like leave some space for clients to vocalize any concerns about that, right? But the truth is most of the time they'll hear from me within 24 hours, right? If not like a couple of times within a day, depending on the day. And so I think it's just really helpful though to know that so that people can calibrate their expectations and they can also plan on their end. The other part of how this boundary works really well is like, 
you know, my clients know that they can send me messages any time of day because I'm going to hold my boundary there. And so if they message me 10, 20 times before I have a chance to check within that 48 hour period, I'm totally fine with that. And they're not going to be interrupting my day. So they don't have to caretake my boundaries for me in advance. You see how that's really supportive and letting them lean fully into the container because I'm holding my boundaries and there's some safety there. And they also have the expectation of like, I'm putting it here, but also I know Shari probably won't get to this for like 24 to 48 hours. So there's that like mutual sense of trust. And this 100% works if you are a done for you provider as well, right? Like I used to be a marketing consultant um, same, same, same was true there is like when your clients know what they can expect from you, they can rise in and have their own boundaries too, right? Especially if you're a client in a different time zone, it's really nice to know like what's cool, what's not cool. You don't ever want to be the, the problematic client. Like no one wants to be the problem client. And so it just makes your, your client's job a lot easier knowing they can fully utilize the support without them feeling like they have to like look out for you and then almost like resent the support because they don't want to interrupt you or make you feel frazzled, right? And so if you do have high caretaking tendencies, it feels so freaking good to be working with someone who's really solid on their boundaries. And onboarding is a perfect place to set that up to be able to vocalize any like concerns about it or issues that could come up there from the get-go instead of feeling like, ooh, like, you don't say anything about your response time. You don't say anything about the way that you communicate. And then when that breach happens in the delivery and while you guys are working together, then you have to set it. It can feel a lot ickier to do that. Totally possible. We don't have to get boundaries perfect. There's tons of time to repair there, but it feels a lot stickier to do it in that way than it is to just do it in the onboarding call. Um, and so I think that's a really helpful place to make sure that you're doing like your best boundary setting in that onboarding call so people know what to expect from you so that you're set up and have permission to work in the way that you want to work and in the way that sets you up best to work, right? And then of course, there's the delivery process, right? When you're actually in the program, in the container, working with your clients, whether that's in a one-on-one -on -one or group program, in the delivery is a great opportunity to remind people about these boundaries, right? And to restate them. So. If there's any point where like you feel like you need to restate them, you absolutely can. You know, having them posted somewhere in a shared folder is always really helpful. So these are just different opportunities to communicate those boundaries. Again, the external boundaries, the ones we're dealing with with clients, and then close out as well. I think that's another place when we're offboarding or closing out with a client. We can often forget that we need to do the boundary setting. And this is actually really important because this is what like closes something, leaves people feeling good, complete, and doesn't run you into like prolonged exchanges of feeling like the thing is never closed, right? So making sure that you do something similar to the onboarding at closeout is really helpful. Otherwise it can be like letting them know like what kinds of questions can they come to you for? What kinds of questions are out of scope? And would they need to like book, you know, paid time with you for? This is really helpful for dumb for you work, especially if you do things like websites, branding, like things that people might have questions or come back to, right? It's just being like, hey, this is the final date of our package together. Here's what I'm so happy to help you with until the end of this date. Obviously in the future, feel free to contact me with questions. If it falls into one of these zones, we'll book a, we'll book a paid call and we can talk more about it, right? And so definitely 
would recommend having some sort of formal closeout process so you know exactly what you can do in terms of wrapping up cleanly with a client and they're just going to feel so good in that like this is going to give you really really freaking happy satisfied clients is having that clarity clarity is so kind on the receiving end and there's literally no better gift you can give for someone, especially because most of us start to get a little bit of anxiety as a container is closing. Having that clarity is so freaking powerful for creating that like feeling of safety, that feeling of um, trust, and that feeling of completeness at the end of a container. The other piece that I wanna talk about here is when we're thinking about communicating boundaries, right? All of those things are really helpful tools if you're communicating with clients. The other part um, of the boundaries equation that we talked about earlier is also like the energetic, the internal boundaries, right? And so with energetic and internal boundaries, there's no one to communicate to necessarily, right? You're really just communicating that with yourself. And so when we're trying to create energetic or internal boundaries, right, with ourselves, and we're trying to pattern interrupt um, maybe an old habit that we have where we break our own boundaries or where we didn't even realize we had a boundary and we were just, you know, reacting. I think there's two things that can be really helpful here. One is remembering your why around why you want to hold this boundary, okay? And if you are uh, <laughs> um, someone who really has people-pleasing, caretaking tendencies, a really great hack is to make it about someone else. Um, some people would like kill me for saying that, but I think it's a really great hack and it's one that I've used to be able to prioritize my own well-being is by going, oh, it's actually better for everyone else when I'm really well taken care of. And that makes it, that has made it easier for me to prioritize my own well-being to the point where like, now I don't even think about it. So take that if it resonates, if it doesn't, <laughs> we'll leave it. But I think it's really helpful if you struggle with holding boundaries is remembering your why you wanna hold this boundary, right? If it's about the client response time, it's like maybe your desire is for you to be well enough that you can stay in this business long-term and not burn out. You not being burned out actually really serves your clients well, right? Um, maybe the deeper why is that you want to not be burnt out at work so you have more time and energy to spend with your kids or your family after hours. Perfect. Maybe your why is that you want to, um, I don't know, have more space to take on additional clients and you can't do that if you're responding within two hours to all of your clients frantically, right? Whatever your why is for why you wanna hold this boundary and the long-term potential of what's possible when you have this boundary on lock, that's what you wanna remind yourself in that moment where you're having an emo intense emotional reaction to holding the boundary, okay? So you're almost like communicating the why to yourself first. The other part, once you kind of have that why grounded into, is then you can choose an intentional response instead of the emotional reaction. So for instance, if we're thinking about that 24 hour response time boundary that you wanna hold, right? The internal part of that is like, okay, you see the message on your phone. You see a message from a client, right? Ideally, you would have put up a physical boundary for yourself where you don't have it on your phone and you're just checking in twice a day. But let's say for whatever reason, you can't do that. So you see the message on your phone, you see the email pop up and 
you're feeling tempted to respond immediately. You're feeling tempted to type a response right, right then and there and react. What you can do in that moment is remind yourself of your boundary. Why do you want to hold that boundary? Okay, I want to hold this boundary because it's going to give me a better quality of life. It's going to mean that I can stay fully present with what I'm doing. I could come back to this and I can give a more thoughtful response for my client later. Cool, that's my why. So knowing that's my why, how do I want to intentionally choose to respond here? Is, is it something that I want to respond to right now? Is it something that I can like bookmark, put in my calendar, come back to later? How do I want to intentionally respond to this versus reacting, right? Because the emotional reactivity is the part we want to stop. That's the part we want to calm down, slow down, run on half speed so that we can choose the response that actually feels good. You might end up with the same, same like, same action, right? So your intentional response might be actually, I just want to like get this out of my brain, send this off so the client can do their thing. Beautiful, but at least you've intentionally chosen, right? Choice makes all the difference in terms of whether something feels like a good boundary or a bad boundary to hold. So I think that's a really helpful stopgap if you're dealing with like communicating boundaries, not outwardly to anyone, but like within yourself and some of those internal boundaries. Okay, so we've talked about how to determine your boundaries, how to communicate your boundaries. And then the third one, right, is holding and implementing those boundaries. So when it comes to holding and implementing boundaries, this is the part that is going to take the most practice and that you're just going to have to be really gentle and patient with yourself during. Okay, so holding and implementing boundaries means that you actually have to hold yourself to the things that you want, right? You have to continue to like say the thing that you want, do the thing that you want, take the action in line with it. The hardest part is going to be you allowing yourself to do that, allowing yourself to communicate that boundary, allowing yourself to remind clients if if something goes off, right? Oftentimes we're not meaning to break someone's boundary, we just don't have the context or don't know it's a boundary or forgot. And so having that reminder is really helpful, but it can feel like when we're the one holding that boundary that like, oh, they must have known I already told them. So if they're breaking it, it's because they don't care about my boundaries or if they're breaking it, it's because they don't value me. Like we can make up a thousand different stories about why people are breaking our boundaries and feel like we don't wanna reiterate and communicate it. I invite you to slow down that thought process just give people the benefit of the doubt and allow yourself to come back and just communicate that boundary, right? And to hold it, right? So sometimes I think when we first set new boundaries and we realize that there's things we're not available to do, especially if we have a number of clients who have been crossing our boundaries, right? We might have this, this experience where clients are not cool with that. And you might have to say no to some things that you would have said yes to. You might have a discovery call with someone, share your response time and then be like, well, I really need someone who's more available than that. Or, you know, would you be willing to give a discount or whatever that version is, wherever you're holding the boundary that you normally hold. And you might be met with some resistance, whether it's from an existing client or prospect. And this is, I think, where it's easy to get really, um, really dysregulated and feel like, people can't handle your boundaries. Like the boundaries that you desire actually are not possible for people to be okay with. And this is this is just your brain fucking with you, okay? 
<laughs> this is just your brain really like being met with that with that resistance and with that real-time challenge of what you want right but i think what if we can sit in that discomfort of what's coming up there hold our boundaries we give people the space to either meet us in that boundary or to choose something different and sometimes you just have to be available for people to not want to meet you in that boundary but that creates the space for people who do want to meet you in your boundary okay especially if we're talking about new clients right so like pricing is a really great example maybe you decide that like you're raising your price and your price is your price and you're not going to give discounts anymore right you've been giving discounts for every person who's like i can't afford it well part of that might mean that when you have that objection on a call or um, if someone genuinely can't afford it or is feeling like they can't afford it, doesn't value it enough to pay that price, whatever the thing may be, you may just have to say no to that client. You might just have to be like, I get that. I get, I get that you don't want to pay that much. I get that you can't afford that. If that changes, let me know, whatever your spiel is. But being willing to like have someone leave you because of your boundary is so important because that's when you're backing yourself up. That's when you're having your own back enough to say what you're not available for. And that's where you create the space for the people who are available for that to show up for you, right? If you fill your roster with clients who are not happy to meet you in a certain boundary, you don't have space for the clients who are happy to meet you. And sometimes it takes a little bit of time for your brain to like, have that happen so you can build the evidence that there are actually people who are happy to meet you in that boundary because if you don't have that your brain's going to be a little bit of a bully it's going to maybe like convince you that there aren't people who are happy to pay that price who are happy to have response time whatever those things are but this is the gap this is where you have to get practiced at it you might renege you might accidentally give a discount because you got so um activated during a call and you broke your own boundary fine, reset, try it again, right? This is the practicing of it. And this is the hardest part is holding and implementing it. But if you do that enough times and move through the discomfort and let your brain stack up evidence that you're still safe and that it's still okay even after holding that boundary, it will get easier because your brain has created new evidence, it's calibrated to a new way of operating enough for it to start to be able to override that a lot easier. So determine your boundaries. <laughs> communicate your boundaries, hold slash implement your boundaries. And I'm gonna give you a fourth little bonus one here because that's what we're about. And that is flexing your boundaries, okay? People don't always talk about this, but I think it's super freaking important. And something that I love to play with is that like, totally cool to flex your boundaries, totally cool to have boundaries and totally cool to flex them. So flexing your boundaries might look like giving a discount. It might look like lowering your price. It might look like um, having a faster response time. It might look like doing something out of your scope of work, right? It might look like any of those things, things that you're typically not available for, but under certain circumstances, you're fine with that and it makes you happy, right? So an example of this might be there's a really close friend of yours and they want to buy you know, one of your programs or products and you want to give them a discounted rate. Or 
you have a client who is in a different time zone and they're in the middle of a launch and you want to provide them real-time support so you decide that you're going to respond a couple extra times that week than you normally would. Um, might be a project that you normally don't do but this one really gets you excited. You love the cause, you love the mission. Feels really good to take on for one time, right? All of those things are perfectly okay. And this is where I think we, you know, the brain can get a little rigid, where it's really helpful to have established your why around boundaries from the get go is knowing that like the whole point of the boundary is to uphold your well being and the well being of others, right? And so the point of boundary is not to stick to the boundary, right? It's not to like, check, I've done that thing, right? It's the boundary is there to uphold your well-being. If there, if your, your, um, if your desires shift such that the boundary needs to shift, it's okay to flex the boundary. But I think the most helpful thing to do often is just to communicate either to yourself or to a client when you are flexing on a boundary, right? So like just having that self check is really helpful. And then if it's an ongoing client or something like that, making sure to communicate that outwardly is like, you know, someone asks you for something and you're available for it and you're happy to do it. You could be like, I don't normally do this, but here's why this feels good. I'm going to go ahead and do this for you. Right. Just giving that little explanation of like acknowledging that it's outside of the norm. So you're you know, like um, acknowledging your boundary there. You're giving a little bit of context and reason why this feels different or good. And then you're doing the thing. I think that's really helpful, especially um, especially if you like to flex your boundaries often or there's a particular boundary that's, that's really seasonal. I think I often do this with my response time, right? If I, you know, I have like in my contract that I respond within like 48 to 72 hours, but like I will let clients know on an onboarding call, like once they've signed the contract, hey, I know like the contract says this is my, you know, standard response time. I often like to check in with you at least daily. Um, so you can expect to hear from me about daily. Um, and that's just something that I like to do, but there'll be cases where I'll probably need to lean fully into that 48 to 72 hour response time. Don't freak out unless it's over 72 hours basically, right? But like on the regular, you can actually expect much more from me because this is a boundary that I really like to flex, right? And so for me, that's really helpful. For the client, it's helpful, but it's also helpful to know that this is a flex versus like I set up the expectation that you hear from me within 24 hours and then I have to apologize when it's when I continually can't meet that, right? It's just a matter of setting expectations and figuring out what feels good to you and being able to communicate that outward. So I think that's just like a little bonus tip is like totally cool to flex your boundaries, find that sweet spot and make sure that you're communicating, especially if it's an ongoing client relationship when you're flexing boundaries so that they know like what's going on there and it doesn't lead into resentment. Because when we continually flex our own boundaries and people don't know that we're doing that and they ask us for more, it can feel really depleting and create a lot of resentment, which is not what we want, right? Resentment is not well-being. So like if we want to really set those boundaries that make you feel good and allow your clients to also feel safe and good, that comes from like mutually acknowledging when you're deviating from your own boundaries. 
So, so y'all, um, that's all I've got for y'all on boundaries today is remember that there's two categories to boundaries, external, physical, internal, energetic, three steps, determine your boundaries using either the job description or the three column exercise, communicate those boundaries with your clients, with yourself, hold and implement the boundaries, let it be a practice, it's gonna be messy, that's cool, that's the work, that's the whole point. And then bonus, flexing your boundaries, give yourself permission to flex them, give people permission to know that you're flexing them and acknowledge that. And I'm really excited to hear um, how this goes for y'all. And if you want to practice more of this in real time, um, I invite you to join us for Wellbeing Week. We've pushed that out by about two weeks, so we're gonna be doing that in July. You can find the link in my bio to join us for Wellbeing Week. It's gonna be a five-day challenge where you'll literally practice like calming some of the urgency brain that comes up around setting boundaries. We're gonna talk about how to really embody well-being and bring some of the connection between your own personal well-being and the success in the business together. So really like making that pathway clear through embodiment, through practice over the course of five days. It's completely free. We'll do a live coaching call and celebration party at the end of that week. So if y'all want to join us and really like have a community where you can practice this and be coached by me um, on your personal situation as well, invite you to join us for Wellbeing Week. And then if you know that this is an area that you need a lot more support and practice in, uh, I invite you to book a one-on-one -on -one call for Whole Ass Human Success Coaching. Um, this is my six-month one-on-one coaching program where I will fully support you in designing a path to your success, doing it your way, prioritizing your well-being as you do it. So. If you're interested in that, invite you to book a sales call with me um, at the link in my bio as well so we can chat about fit, about what you're looking to create and what boundaries you're desiring to, to hold so that I can lovingly hold you in that and we can invite more well-being into your life and business. So thank you guys for joining me. I will see y'all very soon. Bye y'all. Thank you for listening to Success for Whole Ass Humans. If you enjoyed this episode or have found this podcast valuable in your business journey, please leave us a review so that more people can find us and we can keep spreading the message that we get to be whole ass humans and create wild success. If you want to connect with me more, feel free to follow me on Instagram at Shari Bellucci, and I will see you all next time.